The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TF Today. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Carrollton, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, the internet show where your friends live. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here, arranging things behind his desk. Sorry. And sitting over there is E.B. White. Sure. Do you know who E.B. White is? Author. Who wrote? Charlotte's Web. Oh! Well done. And Stuart Little. Um, Charlotte's Web scared me as a kid. It, uh, I did you not. You want to be friends with a spider? I did not like the idea of a talking spider. I that didn't. That didn't jive, jive with me. That was. That was not cool. Today is Wednesday, July eleventh, two thousand and eighteen. One hundred and thirty-four days until Thanksgiving. Episode five eighty-seven. Five eighty-seven. Billy samples the number of hits he had in his illustrious Texas Rangers career from nineteen seventy-eight to nineteen eighty-four. That's a home run. On today's show. Ah, yeah, it is. Sorry, I was looking up and suddenly someone for the Rays. Squirrel. Kevin Kiermeyer has hit his second home run of the year. He said he couldn't do it. On t- today's show, guys, um, I put out a, a poll on Twitter yesterday because I was thinking about it while I was plugging away on team pages uh, for the new TexasFootball.com. And it got me thinking, with all the state title talk, got me thinking about something. Which region of the state is hungriest for a state championship? Max and I will debate coming up here in a moment. And Probably then, won't. And then back half of the show, back half of the show, we've got a pair of Interviews of some high-profile players. One from Central Texas, Hutto quarterback Chase Griffin, looking to make a resounding statement for his senior season. And El Paso Parkland's Katib Lyles, who made a splash by landing at Parkland. He transferred mm-hmm. in from some. You're asking me, and I told you before I the show I did. I didn't even know. I'm, okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll hear from both of them. Matt Step caught up with them with a state seven on seven. Unbelievable. So we will get into that coming up here at the back half of the show. Max, um, yeah. I want to take what we talked about yesterday, and I want to briefly reverse it. So okay. yesterday we did a whole segment on teams that we were like, oh, they have a state championship, huh? Right. Huh. One of those. Uh, I want to take that. And I want to take that, flip it, and reverse it, as um, a great woman once said. What are the? And I'll get our our commentators in on this. What are the best programs in Texas without a state championship? Because here's the thing, and and, and I, I mentioned this to you, that I've got a list. There are 10 programs in the state with more than 600 all-time wins, Yeah, which puts you in like the top, like, boy, probably the top 3%, 2% of yeah. all teams. Tough to have a lot of wins. But no state championships. Yep. We have there are ten of those, and I I kind of mentioned it. I was like, hey, you know, do you can you name one? And, and you were like, oh well, you know, but there's a famous one like with Longview, right? Longview, Longview has a state title back, at, but that is of no comfort to people in Longview right it's now. It's been a long time. It's been a thank you thirty seven or something. It's yeah, it was the thirties. Uh, so it always tends to 
Longview seems to be the most consistently excellent program mm-hmm. who hasn't won a title in a really long that's, time. That's the one. That's yeah. the one that gets people. But there are 10 programs. Got some good nominations With more already. than 600 wins. I want to see if they're on this list. Okay. First one from John Velo down in Comfort. He says Gregory Portland. Gregory Portland. How many know? wins do they have all time? That's a good question. That's a good guess. Uh, that's an excellent guess. But uh, they're clearly not in your top 10. Uh, they're not in my top 10. They do not have 600 wins. Okay. So... Um, there's that i would need to look that up as far as uh, all all their wins but uh they do not have a state championship that is not about that is not a bad choice at all paul roberts no surprise mm-hmm. nominates new deal new deal good good, good choice. nomination also uh, not in the 600 win club though yeah do not have a do not have a um do not have a, a state championship nor a title game appearance todd gleaton throws out decatur decatur interesting no another good nomination they don't and, have and as i will always say anytime decatur gets brought up one of my favorite places to see a football game in the state yeah you're such a such a stand for, for decatur it's a great stadium yeah, you gotta go man so here's here are the there are some on here that are not surprising to me honestly harlingen is the third winningest program without a state championship they have 661 all-time wins they've never made a title game you talk about the Rio Grande Valley and how they have t- trouble getting out of Region Four. That's not that was one that when I was looking over this, I'm like, that's not necessarily surprising, right? Yeah. I told you there are two. First of all, the winningest program. I'll tell you this: the winningest program without a title is Hondo. Yeah. They uh, 679 wins. They went to one title game in 1956. They lost, and they lost. Yeah. El Campo is right behind them. Yeah. With 677, they've been to a title game twice, including back in 2012 when they lost to. Was that Jared Stidham's uh, Stephenville team? Might have been. Might have been. Yeah. Um, lost to them. Harlingen's third. Childress is fourth. 633 yeah. wins. That's a little surprising to me. Uh, Childress, uh, they uh, they went to two title games back-to-back in the 70s. Here's one that I would have sworn has a title. Okay. Brenham. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't. 627 I, yeah. all-time yeah. wins. Yeah, the only reason that's not surprising to me is because they were one of the teams I did for team pages when yeah. I was updating the uh, the database. They've yesterday. been to three titles, title games in this century, and they lost yeah. all three. Yeah. Um, Ballinger has six twenty four. They uh, yeah. they went to a title game in fifty three and lost. Here's the other one. The the other well, the other two that really surprised me. Both have the same number. Both have six hundred twenty wins. Okay. Sherman. Also knew that because of our top ten rivalries last Sherman's year. Sherman's never even been. I know that's stunning to me. I they know. have six hundred twenty. That's wins. why I know a lot of people were upset that that was. I think our third. The Battle of the Axe was our mm-hmm. third best rivalry, and when we picked our top ten mm-hmm. last year, look, man, the other ones. Everyone has titles. Yeah. Sherman doesn't. The other one. The other one that has six hundred twenty ones is Jasper. Yeah. Jasper went to a title yeah. game in 04 and lost. That's yeah. the only time they've ever been. Taylor has 609 wins, and McGregor has six hundred and three. Those are the winningest programs without a title, yeah. but. That's not necessarily the best program without a title. Yeah. So let us know in the comments what you think is the best program. Yeah. The only other ones that come to mind are they're too new. Yeah. Right. Like uh, Sean Burnett, big Manville fan. He's like Manville would be his mm-hmm. nomination, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it, I think there's a lot of programs like that that are newer. Like, like here's a perfect example. Right. Fort Bend Ridge Point has been an awesome program yeah. but they're just so new yeah round rock stony point right yeah. remember Nothing when they were yeah. so good they, they were first started there yeah they get yeah. a semifinals every single year yeah um programs like that it's yeah. it's it's very interesting that that there are some some of these teams that, that do not have those titles yeah. uh that you'd think they do but yeah. in any case we are texas football today we're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com talking football in the lone star state you can follow us on twitter at dctf like us on facebook facebook.com slash dave camels follow us on instagram instagram.com slash dave camels and of course see us at texasfootball.com texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football college football and recruiting 
all across the Lone Star State. Max, I went into last night working on these team pages. They're, they're going to launch tomorrow, it sounds like. And one of the things that we wanted to, uh, I, that, that we've been doing is putting in team histories. Yeah. And that's why we've been on the topic of state championships recently. It's been on top of mind because we've been digging through the, 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 um, the data. And then I started thinking about, you know, very famously, the Rio Grande Valley hasn't had a title since 1960 when Donna did it. El Paso's never had a title at public school. El Paso Cathedral's won too. Um, you know, it's been a while since any of these. There are certain parts of the state that have a stranglehold on state championships, right? right? Major metro areas, yep. East Texas, yep. Central Texas, but that's really about it. South Texas can up and get it every once yeah. in a while. But I started thinking about, so I, I put this out on Twitter, which oft underrepresented part of the state would lose its mind the most if one of its teams made a state championship game. Yep. And I'll tell you what got me thinking about it. What got me thinking about it was last year with the semifinals, mm-hmm. we were thinking, oh my gosh, if Longview beats Midway and they play for a title, that entire part of the state is going to empty out and show up yeah. at AT&T State. Yeah. They're going to go berserker. Yeah. And so I started thinking about what part of the state would, be, would lose its mind the most. And you saw it, if you remember a couple of years ago, I believe in 2015? When Canatillo made that run out of El Paso to the state semifinals, and they ended up losing to Ennis in that t- uh, that was 2014, uh, they ended up losing to Ennis mm-hmm. in the semifinal. But all of El Paso started becoming Canatillo fans. Yeah, right. Right. This happens in the Valley every single year, where yeah. the last team standing, everyone's like, "All right, I guess we're all Edinburgh Vale fans now." Yeah. You know, everyone kind of pulls together. So the four I threw out there were. Uh, El Paso, Laredo, the Rio Grande Valley, and then I lumped together Permian Basin, Concho Valley. I yeah. kind of lumped them together. That may yeah. not be fair, but I did. They're also in a different class. Like Permian Basin, Concho Valley. You you know, it's been a while, but they've had. But they've still had them. They've had. But they, I mean, the thing is, their football fans are still crazy out there. Permian, uh, San Angelo Central. Yeah. Um. You know, the Midland, yeah. the Midland schools. Yeah. They've had those. So I put that on Twitter. We have more than four hundred votes. And the winner, 39%, said the Rio Grande Valley. Second place, 32%, Permian Basin, Contra Valley. Third place, El Paso. And fourth place, Laredo at 7%. Yeah. I think I agree. It's 100% the correct you think answer. You think it is? There's no one crazier than RGV fans. I'm sorry. Like, it's not even close. The, well, I think, what, I think the, the thing for me, and what the reason I agree with you, is that... Let's say San Angelo Central made a run to a state championship yeah. game. I don't feel like there is that same connection, that same regional pride that would make it so that an Odessa fan right. would go to AT&T yeah. Stadium to watch San Angelo Central yeah. and cheer for them. Now, if they were going to the game anyway, they would cheer for them. Right, over anyone else. Over anyone else. For but sure. they would not go out of their way. Right. El Paso's interesting because El Paso, and when I wrote a story about them in, in 2015 for the magazine, I you get the feeling out there 
that there is still like there's the regional pride and they want El Paso to do well. But more importantly, it's a lot more segmented. They want their team to do well. Yeah. Like everyone was 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 happy that Cantillo was doing what they were doing, but it doesn't feel like everybody's jumping on board. Laredo's tough because it's it's a lot of it's a lot of schools, it's a lot of people down yeah. there. But I don't get the feeling, and this is I love to be they they are not they don't have a region to draw from. They because they're kind of out there on an island. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not part of the Rio Grande Valley. They're not part of kind of what they call yeah. West Texas. They're kind of their own thing. Right. That it might just be legitimately like too small. You know what Maybe. I mean? To have that same Maybe. impact. Uh yeah, but I, I again, I don't think this is debatable. And then there's the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. And I can only imagine like this happens in regional semis that when uh, Los Fresnos, I'm pulling yeah, one out of right. thin air. Los Fresnos plays Lake Travis. Lake Travis. Yeah. At Alam at the Alamo Dome. Right. And you've been to these games. Yes. It is. It yes. It's yes. It's of course Los Fresnos fans. Yeah. But it's also the Harlingen fans, and it's also. The Ed Couch Elsa fans. I feel like they, I feel like the Rio Grande Valley has, when the playoffs roll around, they more or less culminate and coagulate into one giant, stupid, like crazy fan base. Seen, so Step will That's tell stupid, you, crazy, Matt Matt Step stupid will, and Matt, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt Step <laughs> will tell you to a man. The craziest crowds are in RGV for for rivalry games, mm-hmm. and it's a, Friday nights in RGV. Better atmosphere than just about anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, take your best RGV crowd; it will be better than most crowds in the state, if not all of them. Number one, number two. I don't need these. Aren't even Valley teams, but the two greatest, most intense, most crazy fan bases I have ever seen in person: Alice, mm-hmm. Beville Jones. Mm-hmm. It's that. It's that border between South Texas and RGV, and it's just the start. Mm-hmm. And I saw them both in, I think, regional semifinals. Mm-hmm. Lunacy. Yeah. Madhouse. The loudest group of people, more people than I thought were in those towns, absolutely bearing down on you. And I can only imagine what happens if Harlingen or yeah. San Benito were to make it all the way the army they would bring with them and how insane they would be. That, that's that's what's so interesting is I want it to happen once yeah. because I want to see what happens Me too. when McAllen Memorial breaks mm-hmm. through and makes it to a title game, yep. right? Yep. Because I, I, I feel like there is maybe no part of the state that has more regional pride yeah. than... The Rio Grande Valley. Right. I think that is, like, people are, you know, it, it... Yes, on Friday night when they're playing each other, they want your team to lose very badly. Yes. I want my team yes. to win. I want your team to lose. Yeah. But when your team gets eliminated, yep. they adopt the local team. Yeah. That doesn't happen in Dallas. No. That when your team gets eliminated, they Trinity don't go... doesn't lose and then root for Allen. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> There's a there's like up well uh, Trinity beat us uh, Lake, or uh, Lake Travis doesn't lose and root for Westlake right that you know, doesn't happen that's not happening. it's more just like yeah. okay well now I'll just watch the games yeah you know what I mean like in fact in the, in many respects I feel like in these major metro areas there are people who are more likely to root against yeah. a team 
Yeah. And say, oh, no, yeah. like, I don't like them. You know, yeah. you know, familiarity breeds contempt in most yeah. places. I think in the Rio Grande Valley, yeah. it's like we're all in this together. We all want this to happen for our region. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that to, to answer my own question, I do think that the part of the state that would lose its mind the most with, for a state, for a team to play for a title would be the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. I think all four of them would lose their mind. Yeah. But I think especially those two. Yeah. Or that 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 part of the state. That I think these are all special fan bases. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I just everyone I've talked to and everything I've witnessed says mm-hmm. the RGV guys, or RGV people in general, they're just on another level of crazy uh, intense. Uh, and they do. The other thing too is they've got a lot more talent down there than people think. Mm-hmm. Right? They're they're really good. Uh, it would be amazing if they made a little run. It'd be great. Um, yeah. Alex Bream backing us up here saying San Benito versus O'Connor was an absolutely crazy game. Right. I buy it. It's a madhouse. Yeah, it's a madhouse. Yeah. And and that's why, like, when the 5A div- division split came about, and not to get too far into the weeds, but, like, when the 5A division split came out, things got a lot more likely, not a lot more like, you know, that doesn't mean it's likely, but things got more likely that you could have a team breakthrough because... You know, when you're talking about a team like Mission Memorial, right? right. Uh, they're now competing with basically like Corpus Christi Vets or Corpus Christi Flower Bluff. And are, should we bring this up again? Hmm. That Mission Memorial has a path here this year? Oh, absolutely. Them, Brownsville like, Vets. Yeah. Um, like, because of realignment, there's a chance that our dream could come here, come true it's, here. There's a, there's, the, let's put it this way. The best chance in years. Yeah. And, and I like Mission, you know, I like Mission Memorial. I don't think they're like this world beater. But yeah. more importantly, the path is a little bit, a little bit yeah. easier. It, yeah. it became a little bit more clear for them because, yeah. you know, a team like Cal Allen's not in the way or, or right. some of these big, you know, a, a yeah. team like Gregory Portland's not in the way. You don't have to run through these teams. I'm, it could happen. I'm not saying it will. I'm saying it could. And if that were to happen, I think it would just be lunacy. Yeah. Like, I think that everyone would... Like, that. that's a long drive, too. But they would make it. Oh, are you kidding me? Yes. That'd be, it'd be amazing. I We always say on this show, like, we're not supposed to root for anyone. If there's one thing we're rooting for, it's for one of these regions to somehow make it to a state championship game because we are here for that insanity. It would be super cool. Yeah. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. A lot of great stuff coming for insiders, uh, including the yet-to-be-named Matt Stepp High School Football Podcast. It's coming exclusively for insiders. Um, we're going to have all sorts of good stuff. These team pages, you're going to be able to see, you know, which game, uh, see computer projections for every game. Uh, you're going to have, be able to see expanded previews on the on these team pages. TexasFootball.com slash insider makes a great gift as well. TexasFootball.com is where you can find that. Max, let's talk about uh, the State 7-on-7 tournament. We've still got a couple of uh, interviews in the can from back then. Uh, talked with a number of the stars, the players out there. It was great to talk with the coaches, but we know we're going to talk with them at coaching school here in a couple of weeks. But we call up with a number of players, including a guy who's making waves, a guy who's a big-time name out there. Did he, didn't he? he just commit? Did I UCLA. Is that right? UCLA. Uh, Chase Griffin, the quarterback for Hutto. Uh, he's got Hutto looking for a huge, huge 2018 season. Uh, he had an outstanding day at State 7-on-7. Seven seven. Here is Matt Stepp's interview with Hutto quarterback Chase Griffin here on Texas Football Today. 
Matt Stepp with Dave Campbell's Texas Football back here at the uh, Texas 7-on-7 State Championships. Here with the head hippo, the leader of the hippo's offense, coach, quarterback Chase Griffin. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, looks like you're getting ready to get uh, get going the first game today, right? Yes, sir. Excited. About to go win. All right. Now, you guys had a good run last year out here. Uh, I know you guys, you got, a lot of your guys are back. Uh, I know you're, you're, you're the captain of the offense. What do you guys think you need to do uh, out here in 7-on-7? Seven seven? We know it's not real football, but it should try to make them win, run because I know you guys want to win it all. Well, we're passing offense. That's part of our identity. So when we get opportunities in passing leagues and seven on seven and such, we just like to go out there and do what we do. And you guys, you know, people think all oh, that. You know, a lot of teams run seven on seven offenses, but for y'all, you run what you run on Friday night. And all those those reps and that chemistry you get with your receivers has got to be quality, right? Absolutely, love throwing to them. I think they like catching. And uh, anytime we get to compete, we'll, we'll bite at it. All right, now. Uh, I would think as a quarterback, I'd love to have the kind of weapons that you have because you've got a lot of playmakers. I mean, defenses cannot focus on one guy because if they do, you're just going to go to your other guys and you're going to make them pay. Um, it's got to be a good feeling as, as the leader of the offense to know that you, there's multiple weapons that you can go to at any time, right? I mean, it's always a blessing for a quarterback to have receivers like I do. And, uh, you know, I've grinded with them for a long time. And uh, for some of our top returners, they're in my class, and it's our senior year. So we're trying to go out with a bang. All right, now, and, and people talk about the offense a lot, but they, they sleep on your defense a little bit. You guys have some defensive playmakers as well. Uh, I know you get to watch those guys on the sidelines that go against them at practice. What do you think makes makes your defense uh, going to be uh, tough to handle this year? Well, I mean, up front, I feel like we have a monster D-line and a good linebacking core. And then out here, we've been consistently getting better every single week with our coverage and effort uh, in the secondary. And I feel like this fall, uh, defense will be good enough to win us some games. All right, now final question for you before you guys get going. Are you going to start stretching and getting warmed up here in a little while? Uh, we always try to throw a fun question either at the coaches or the kids, try to get some personality out of you guys, uh, not ask the same old, same old type of thing. So uh, hippos are known to eat a lot. Hippos are known to grub. So when uh, the Huddo hippos uh, go go to the buffet table at Golden Corral or CC's and, and, and they chow down, which, which of your teammates puts away the most food? I mean – it's definitely the lineman yeah. out of that group. But as far as the group out here, it's probably between me or DJ. Okay, so uh, when, when y'all order pizza, do you get a whole pizza to yourself? Oh, yeah. All right. Now, which, which of your linemen? Let's give your linemen a little love. Which, which of your O-linemen uh, you think puts, puts away the most food? Uh, I'd have to say Mark Grimm and Edgar Barrios. Let's just go at it. So uh, so you're saying when uh, you go to the – you better get your food first because if the linemen come through, it's, it's, a, it's a wrap, right? Oh, they got to come through first. <laughs> they, you got to take care of your linemen. That's, that's a good quarterback takes care of his linemen, right? That's the most important position. All right, congrats on all the success, and congrats on the commitment to UCLA. Uh, good luck out here, and good luck in 2018. Thank you very much. There is Chase Griffin, the quarterback for the Hutto Hippos. Big reason why we're pretty high on Hutto this year. Uh, they got weapons. Um, yeah. They got a lot of weapons out there, and Chase Griffin is is uh, in complete command of that offense. Excited to see what he does for the senior. Not in complete command of his camera, Matt Step. Apologies. Oh no! Again oh no! What happened for Chase getting half his face cut off by Step? Here's the thing: Step's too nice. The problem is he gets in front of that camera, and I know what he's thinking. He's thinking this guy I'm interviewing is already in position. I don't want to ask him to move. He's too nice. I'm sick of him being too nice, then. Way too nice. And so these guys end up getting their face cut off. I'm just, you know, step. Hashtag. Stop being so nice. I try to tell you all the time. Hashtag we demand better, step. Get it trending. (laughs) We also (laughs) caught up with uh, Katib Lyles. Katib Lyles is going to be playing for El Paso Parkland uh, this year. And a big reason why the Matadors are are, are 
really making some noise, and, and people are really excited about them out there in the Sun City. Um, El Paso Parkland has a chance to do some big things, thanks in large part to their tremendous athlete, Katib Lyles. Here's Matt Sepp's interview with El Paso Parkland's Katib Lyles. Let's see if he's, if he's in frame here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, back here at the Adidas Texas 7-on-7 State Championships. Here with El Paso Parkland wide receiver Hatib Lyles, uh, getting ready to play your first game. Uh, out, it's, it's a little warm out here. It's a, it's a little hot, but uh, you guys are ready to go, aren't you? Yes, sir. Always prepared. All right, now, 7-on-7, uh, seven seven, we all know it's not real football. We're miss, missing the big boys, and everybody loves the linemen. I know that. But I know there, there is some good things about 7-on-7, seven seven, some confidence that you can build, especially with you in a unique situation, transferring into Parkland, learning a new offense, trying to get some chemistry with your quarterback. How has that helped you this uh, summer? Uh, mainly for me and all the other receivers, you know, work on our catching our routes, especially for the defense they're covering and everything like that. But it also does uh, help me get the chemistry with the new quarterback that I'm with. So just preparing us for the season. And the competition is good and it's a lot, lot of good reps, right? Oh, yes, sir, always. All right. Now, uh, looking at 7-on-7, you've played a lot of 7-on-7 when you were at Franklin. I know you play uh, for True Buzz as well. Right. Uh, as far as how does that help you on Friday night, talk about when, when the pads come on, how 7-on-7 can help you uh, on Friday night. Uh, one thing it helps me with is conditioning. Since we're always running, you know, it's fast-paced. It helps me uh, also identify what type of routes I need to run since it's mainly like a technique game. So A lot of option routes? Yes, sir. All right, and I guess on, uh, when the fall fall camp comes, you're already acclimated to the heat, so it's not a big deal. Now, you guys in El Paso, it's a li- it's a little bit drier heat out there, a right. little bit more humid. Are you you guys been did Coach uh, France tell you guys to really hydrate and drink a lot of water? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He always, he preaches that. Drink water, drink water, drink water all the time. All right. Now, uh, you know, when the season starts, you you know, you're playing with one of the better running backs in, in the state, and right. Deion Hankins. I know you guys are excited about having a nice one-two combo. How do you feel like you guys can play off each other? Because I know if, if the safety creeps in the box, you're going to be able to beat them over, over the top. Yes, and if the safety plays back on you, Deion should be able to get a lot of yardage, right? Right. That's exactly how it's going to work. Yes, sir. All right. Now, uh, final question for you. You know, you guys, uh, get, you came in last night, right? Yes, sir. All right. Now, last night in the hotel, and then tonight you guys are staying overnight. I know uh, there's always – every team's got a few jokesters, a few pranksters. Who's the guy that you're uh, keeping your eye on to make sure there's no uh, pranks def- happening? Definitely Dante Campbell. Got to keep keep an eye on him. What do you think he's got up his sleeve? Throwing water on somebody, oh, yeah, something definitely, like that. Definitely, yes, sir. Well, uh, good luck. Uh, congrats on on all the uh, your recruitment. It's been going really well this summer. I know it's been heating up. Congrats on that, and uh, good luck in 2018, and good luck today. Yes, sir. Thank you. There he is, Katib Lyles, new star for El Paso Parkland. Very concerned about teammate Dante Campbell uh, pranking him. We'll have to follow up and find out if We're that happened. We're gonna follow up. We're, we are yeah. primarily an investigative journalism That's, podcast. Uh, absolutely. Um, trying to get the bottom of the pranks. We're like, we're exactly like cereal. <laughs> anyway, In every way. Uh, Katib Lyles, appreciate him taking a little bit of time talking with Matt Stepp at the State Seven on Seven tournament. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's favorite segment. Final thoughts? Not a lot. Just a lot of people uh, kind of adding to the conversation. Uh, Oren Lilly saying Flower Bluff has some of the small town Texas football feel in a city. Veterans Memorial on the rise too. RGV, RGV playoff games yeah, are fun. You know, and, and that's funny. Yeah. You know, the Corpus the Corpus area is interesting. I think because Calhoun's dominated for so yeah. long, and it's not fair. One thing to consider. Um, People will probably look back when they made the title game in 2016, 2016 is when they yeah. played Alito. Yeah. Um, and people will look at that crowd and they'll say, it was pretty good. Yeah. You know, it was pretty good. When you consider the fact that I believe Corpus Christi was still like struggling to have clean water. There was right. something going on yeah. down there like with yeah. the water system. Yeah. The fact that they were all up there was really, really impressive. Corpus Christi is another one that like if, you know, we've we've seen that realized that 
people do kind of, even though I think Flower Bluff doesn't have a whole lot of um, love for Cal Allen, right. let's say. Right. Uh, I will say that I think that Corpus Christi is the, another part of the state that really bands together at the, at yeah. when it gets to title time. Yeah, just a lot of people standing up for South Texas. I think I think we're right about that. I'm not getting yeah. a lot of people saying no, no, for sure it'll be El Paso or later. It's, I think it's even, the South Texas. I think people, even people yeah. in El Paso are like, yeah, like we're nuts, but like they're nuts, sir. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A couple of people coming in late on the uh, best team not to win a title. Mm-hmm. Monahan's, I believe, was a nomination. I don't know if they've won That's one a or great not. Question. I have this great website. <laughs> You've heard of? Uh, let's see. Monahan's won a title in 1948. Okay, so they don't count. Sorry, guys. But I guess that's, that is kind of the long. But view. again, like we're talking like about with Longview, it's been a long time, and that's still a very good it's program. Been, it's yeah. been you know 70 years. Yeah. So you're exactly right that yeah. that there's and consistently they great program that just hasn't quite. Done and they haven't been time. back to a title again right. since 1948 either. Right. So it's a good uh, nomination. But that's that's about it. That's gonna do it for us. Uh, tomorrow's the last show of the week, maybe forever. Um, but uh, so tune in and we'll have fun. We will talk about uh, a very controversial tweet that a high school football coach sent out. So, Same guys always. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.